This is episode number 472 with Frederica Noble, Cross-Cultural Dating. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Wiener, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And my guest today has gone on her last first date. She's going to talk about cross-cultural dating and what happened to her and the book she wrote about it. So her name is Dr. Frederica Hendricks-Noble. She's a trained psychologist and a life coach. She was born in Detroit and she met her Englishman while living in L.A., Frederica left the United States and moved to England to live and work, and she has a little bit of an accent even. Frederica is now the principal consultant and lead life strategist at Noble & Noble Consulting, where she coaches private clients through personal and professional transitions, just like the one you had, Frederica. (laughs) Hi, Sandy. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, So let's talk a little bit about um, your journey. Yeah, I know you went online to date and you met somebody from across the pond. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Okay, I, I, as you say, I met someone from across the pond. It was online. This was the early days, early, early days of online dating. And so, my best girlfriend said, oh, you should try not meeting anybody. So I did. I tried it. And on my profile, I also put, I like men with accents. And so the response I got was great. But this, this one response from this man intrigued me. And so uh, we corresponded. And I hadn't heard his voice yet. And Sandy I, you know, there's just something about an English accent, I have to say, that just swept me off my feet when I finally did hear his voice. Um, It was just intoxicating, to say the least. The accent. Oh, I know. I know what you're talking about, because I've definitely fallen for men just because of their accents. Like I've, I've been attracted to profiles when they say I'm from Australia, I'm from England, I'm from New Zealand. And I'm just like, I just want to hear their accent. Like, I don't even care if we get along or not. Just that accent is so sexy. So um Your book is called The Special Relationship, and uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about why you wrote it and what's in it. The Special Relationship is a little bit of a play on words because, you know, politically, there has been um, Anglo-American relationship dating from dating back to World War II. And uh, we just developed, I mean, Great Britain has been our greatest ally since the wartime, World War II. And so um, there was a play on words and the publisher thought, not only do you have a special relationship, a dating special relationship, but our countries also have a special relationship. So. That's where the the title came from. It's a a play on words. And uh, my my relationship with uh, Richard is is unique and special. So that hence the title. 
Um, what what is really interesting, Sandy, is that um, all those normal dating emotions and feelings we went through, but we had the added layer of uh, cultural difference, and not and oftentimes folks think, oh, well, you know, since the English are, you know, they speak English and um, they are our greatest ally. How different really would it be to date? an Englishman. And I have to tell you, it is different. It's different. They have a different culture than we do. And we speak American. We don't speak English. <laughs> I learned that we speak American. Uh, so I wrote the book because it's the book that I wish that I had when I entered the relationship with Richard when we started seriously dating and eventually even when we got married. So that's why I wrote the book. It's because it's the book I needed to kind of transition myself to living and working in England. I can imagine how different it is. I, I We took a five-day cruise once across the Atlantic to England from New York. And I remember getting there and we bought a Harry Potter book because Harry Potter was really big and my kids were really into it. And, the, and we bought it in England and it had just come out there and the language was different. They used torch instead of flashlight and jumper instead of sweater. And so, you know, getting used to language differences and knowing how to speak Today, we have so many television um, series like on streaming networks that are filmed through the BBC. And yeah. uh, so we hear a lot of the language differences. But I think for a lot of people, they don't realize that the spoken language, even though it's the same words, it's a different, we use different words to describe different things. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I had to adjust to that. And um, do you mind if I just tell you a funny story? Um, no, please. <laughs> when we first started dating and Richard had come to LA to work, um, by the way, he somehow wrangled getting um, seconded to Los Angeles um, about six months after we met. Uh, so so he said, oh, shall, shall we meet? Um, for dinner. Let's go to dinner. And I said, oh, that would be great. And he shows up at my office at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I thought we were meeting for dinner, not lunch. And plus I've already eaten lunch because I eat at 12. And he said, no, 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 we're, we're going to have dinner. And what I lost in translation was that for him, dinner was lunch and our dinner is called tea for the English. If you want to have tea, that's more like our dinner, traditional dinner. So just as you say, just the subtleties and the, the learning the language. So now, you know, now he's able to speak American. And so he knows that when I say, oh, do you want to have lunch? It means noon or one o'clock and not um, dinner time for him. So it, it's just, it's learning those little subtleties. Yeah, that's really funny. So you had already eaten, you had no idea. You know, it's hard enough to communicate with someone who speaks the same exact language from the same culture. <laughs> we often have so many misunderstandings and I can imagine just 
other other layers to the misunderstandings through communication. Yes. So um, I know you say that it, it, dating somebody from a different culture gave you a new perspective on being American. So tell us a little bit about that. It did because what's interesting is I found living here in England that when people hear my voice, they say, oh, you're American. So it's not so much when they look at me. I mean, they they have no idea, you know, my background when they look at me. But when they hear my voice, it's the the nationality that comes out. So rather than the ethnicity, which is interesting. Uh, and that was an interesting kind of perspective for me. So um, it's very much, I think it happens throughout Europe where people identify as being French or British or German or Italian um, rather than say, you know, black or white or Latina first. Um, and so it was very interesting too, just because I've been here almost 20 years. So in terms of watching, um, folks are very much interested in American culture. And so I had to, there are things that we take for granted being Americans, like big refrigerators, big space, um, that is, is not necessarily the norm here in Europe. So for instance, in advertisements, they say American size refrigerator, and that means it's a massive refrigerator. But for us, it's, you know, that's like a normal size. So to emphasize how big the refrigerator is, they put in the front of it, Amer American sized refrigerator. So then people know automatically you've got um, a big refrigerator and, and things like um, space. Space is a premium here and, um, they use a lot more wardrobes than closets where typically when you go into anyone's house in America, they have a, a front hall closet where everybody hangs their coat and the bedrooms all have closets, you know, there's, there's space. And so I really took for granted the space that I have in America and I appreciate it much more having lived in, in England and recognizing how much space is a premium. So there are little things like that. And those aren't necessarily things that you think of when you're dating, but it does come up when you start to seriously get into a relationship and you know, you're visiting and it's like, where, where should I put my coat? Well, you, have, you know, <laughs> there's no hall closet to hang it in. There's something else, or you have to go further or along in the house to find a place to put your coat. It's really interesting. And it reminds me a lot of Israel where my daughter lives and I go there and they have no closets. They have are very few closets. I think all of their closets are wardrobes, actually, when I come to think of it. And mm -hmm. um, appliances are smaller. The space is so small and they make it work. It's almost like everybody has a tiny house and they have to have multiple use for everything in the house. And then I come home to my space and I don't have a huge house, 
but it looks like a mansion when I return home. So I think, you know, we don't realize that most of us have yards, most of us have space. And um, I think in Europe in general, it is, it's a very different, it's a very different life. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by Stello Mints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. So if you've been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stello Mints were made for. They're powered by CBD, and they're a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day, and especially for a date with someone you like. And they come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon, and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can actually get 15% off Stello Mints. Simply go to Stello Mints, that's S-T-E-L-L-O mints.com and use the coupon code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word. That's Stello Mints with coupon code LASTFIRSTDATE for 15% off. In America, I imagine that you were identified by race more than nationality. And so how did that feel to be identified first for your nationality before your race, before anything else that was your common identifier? Yes, yes, Sandy. It was it was a different and new experience for me. I mean, clearly I'm... I'm a black woman and that's how I identify. And when I'm in America, I, you know, I, I'm a black woman. I, and, um, clearly visible, but here I could be black British. Um, and so it, it wasn't until I start to speak that people say, Oh, She's not, she's not one of us. She's not a Brit. She's an American. And so that was just an interesting, um, just an interesting kind of flip of what normally had happened to me throughout my childhood, adulthood. And so uh, I also think that when you're dating cross-culturally, it's important that the person that you're with understands how you identify um, because that's going to help in your, your relationship. And so um, I was fortunate enough that uh, Richard and, and Richard did this too. He sees me. Yes. He understands I'm a black woman, but he sees me as American. So that Americanness 
uh, comes first. Mm. I just found that really, really fascinating. And Richard is, he's white, correct? White British, right. Right, white British. So um, had you dated other men from different cultures before Richard? He was my first Your foreigner. First. <laughs> he, he was my first. Um, and he'll be my last. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was just, it was really interesting. And, you know, I debated, should I, I mean, I, I love my American men, you know, should I really be going across the pond? Uh, but it was just, um, he would, he, he was so flexible in his thinking and uh, his perspective, he was so open. And uh, I love that about him. And that's not to say that American men can't be that way either. Um, but it was, he wanted to also enjoy my culture and my, and, and the States. He loves going to the United States because each state has its own personality. And he was able to, now he's been to more states than I have. Um, <laughs> so, but he, he loves that kind of exploration. And I think I was attracted to that about him. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like a really open person. And you also are an explorer. You decided to uplift your entire life and move across the pond and leave family and friends behind for love. And so that's a big risk. And then you enter into this country that has a lot of, it's got a lot of flavors. I think for people who think about England, they think about London, they think about, you know, the Big Ben, they think about some of the big, um, you know, tourist attractions, but they don't really understand that there are lots of different accents, lots of different cultures within Great Britain. And so you go into detail in the book and explain, you know, here's here's what this is all about. There's, you know, the Scottish and the Irish and the this and that. And, and I think that, um, and some of the accents are hard to understand for an American ear, like yes. more the Cockney and the, um, you know, the, the more strong Yorkshire is probably yeah. for me, it's harder to understand the Yorkshire and it's whatever. Um, so what did you find to be maybe the most surprising um, about being in Great Britain? I think what you just mentioned is, is an excellent example. It's, it's some of the accents for me too, that Northern accent is so strong and thick. I have to ask people when I'm up North in Manchester and Yorkshire, like you said, I have to ask them to repeat sometimes what what they're saying because I just it just glazes over um and even even with Richard he Richard is a country boy he's from the west country so he's not a city slicker like from London or anything he's a a country boy so he's got a country accent believe it or not an English country accent which is it's really cute um and and so I was surprised by that because I did think naively, I did think everybody sounds like a BBC America presenter. You know, they've <laughs> right. got that, they've got that 
uh, Queen's English. It's very mm -hmm. pronounced. It's proper. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> right. And so that was surprising. Everybody does not sound like that, but it makes sense. It's just like us in, 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 in America. You know, you've got your East Coast, New York, Boston accents. Then you've got those charming Southern accents, Southern drawl. And then you have me, I've got a Midwest accent, although I don't hear it. Um, so it, it's, it's very much, uh, that was a big surprise um, to me. And can I just also tell you that it was a surprise how difficult it was learning to drive. Mm. So that, that was, um, that was a surprise. I didn't think, I, you know, I've been driving in America since I was 15. So I didn't really think it would be difficult learning that. But I think, again, when you're dating someone who's not from your culture, it's really um, interesting the things that you kind of take for granted, but in other cultures. So, so for instance, if I was dating a man from the Caribbean who who in some Caribbean countries, they also drive on the left side. I'd have to get used to that. Um, and so it, it's just fascinating, again, the things that we take for granted. And, and related to the car is manual stick shifts are the norm here, not automatics. And so that was... I had to adjust to that as well. Learning to drive a stick shift again was interesting. Yeah, I still have a stick. I could get <laughs> used to that. <laughs> I, but most people don't. People are shocked that I drive a stick shift and they're like, wow, you're a woman, you drive a stick shift. Why do you, you know, that's pretty amazing. But yeah, I can imagine, I'd actually, when we went to England and we've been a few times, I never drove. I was petrified to drive on the other side of the, of this, of the steering wheel and on the other side of the street. Uh, Cause it is like your, your brain is used to judging space and distance because we drive on one side. And so it is an adjustment. And some people here in America have, a hard enough time judging distance and space, riding, you know, driving the way most of us drive. If you have ever played small to make other people feel comfortable, or maybe stayed in a bad relationship or job too long because you didn't think you could do any better, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. Each of the 30 chapters contains a life lesson, a story, and an exercise to bring you closer to reaching your full potential. Becoming a Woman of Value is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Dating after 40 can feel overwhelming, confusing, and even scary. Whether you're re-entering the dating scene after a divorce or a breakup, wondering how to date with kids at home, or trying to figure out online dating and sex, I have a community just for you. It's called Your Last First Date, and it's a Facebook group for women over 40 who are looking to grow on the journey to their last first date. My seven awesome monitors and I help keep you safe and sane and focused on your dating and relationship goals. So join our free private group, Your Last First Date, on Facebook. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, map and technology. You say that those things can help your first date go well. Tell us a little more about that. OK, 
Okay. Well, technology, because you can find out a little bit more about your potential date or partner. Pretty much nowadays, everybody has some kind of imprint and you can look for them on the World Wide Web. So it's um, very fascinating to do, to do that. And having a map, particularly if you're dating someone from, not from America, knowing where they live, knowing a little bit about their country or area of the country that they live in is really helpful. It will give you some perspective on their background. And so that's why I think using those two elements, the map and technology, and you know, it's really easy to do with Google Maps or something, you can, you can look to see, oh, okay, so this, this makes sense. You know, it makes sense that Richard, he grew up in Bristol, which is a completely different city than London. It has a completely different um, vibe to it than, than London does. And so, yeah, it makes sense where he grew up and why he sounds the way he does and why he kind of looks at things the way that he does. So that's why I was saying a map and technology are great tools for anyone about to embark on a, a dating relationship. I, I like that you were willing to really understand the culture be, before making any kind of assumption or conclusion based on your own experience. And I think that's an important thing to think about whether you're dating cross-culturally or not, that we need to open up and see the world through somebody else's eyes and not just ours. I think this is something that really gets in the way of dating. It's like, we just think, oh, I would never do that. So that's weird. Um, never dating that person again, instead of coming in with curiosity and really trying to understand their world. I think that's really wonderful that you were able to do that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It, it is so important uh, for, for not only the foundation of starting a relationship, but I also it will, it will, that kind of curiosity will carry you through the relationship too. Yeah, every time you have a fight, you're not just seeing it through your, um, your eyes, you're seeing it through theirs as well. I mm -hmm. so agree with that. Um, so Frederica, um, if somebody else is interested in a cross-cultural cross -cultural dating, what advice do you have for them? couple of things. So the first is what we were just speaking to, and that is maintaining your sense of curiosity and openness to the other person's perspective. Also, I think um, having a, a sense of, of vulnerability in terms of it's okay not to know something about someone. And, and you know, this could be whether you're dating someone cross-culturally or not. It's, it's okay to um, not know everything about them or everything about 
where they are and and part of part of the fun and and dating this person could be finding out more learning more about what makes them special bringing your authentic self to the relationship is so important so that the person is able to see you for who you are you know faults and all bringing that to the tables is very, very important. The authenticity. Which ties into the vulnerability as well. It's not to think that you have to know it all, not think you have to be perfect, but the whole attraction in this cross-cultural relationship is I'm attracted to your culture and who you are. You're attracted to my culture and who I am, which is what you found in Richard. Yeah really interested in embracing all of you and he's really interested in the United States you're really interested in everything about Great Britain and him and you know and then you're constantly curious and learning about each other instead of coming in knowing or being afraid to ask I mean there's so many differences in the foods that they eat the you know the words that I remember um, spotted dick was like what the heck is that <laughs> you know it's like and you know just but being open to like what is that and tell me more about that and I remember so many wonderful things when we were in England just going to theater and people bringing a meal to their theater experience and like sitting there and eating in the like a Broadway type of show and it's just different but it was fun and if you're embracing it and not saying why is this so weird then you're going to enjoy the whole process and what a great adventure so and now I think you have you have at least one child you have how many kids yeah. do you have we have a son um, who is seven mm -hmm. and um, he is in school in England and we just spent the summer in America and so he gets the best of both worlds. Um, he's a very lucky little boy to be able to experience that. Um, so, and he, he loves both, both cultures. And it really speaks to your relationship as well, that finding that balance of it's not, you know, necessarily you doing everything for him or him doing everything for you but that you found a way to integrate both of your lives so that neither one of you feels completely compromised here, which I think is great. This was really an interesting conversation, Frederica, and I, I, I hope people go and find your book, The Special Relationship. It came out at the end of July, and mm -hmm. if um, folks go to fredericanoble.com, they can find it. I know that you have something special to give to our audience. Can you tell us about it? Yes, I would like to give a couple of your listeners a book, a free book, uh, The Special Relationship. So if they go to the author's website, fredericanoble.com, and put in last first date, that's how I'll know who they are and, and set Sent, leave their contact information, then I can and send the book to them. How many books are you giving away? Three. Okay, great. So three people can win a free book. And especially if you're interested in cross-cultural dating, this is a great resource. And especially if you're thinking of moving to Great Britain, 
there's tons of information here about how to adjust to the culture and you've you know you've really researched everything from what to eat where to go how to shop for food for clothes for everything so it's really helpful when you go to a new place and you have no idea where to get started I mean, there are people who make their living helping people adjust to a new culture. So this is a great guide to not only finding your, you know, your special relationship, but being able to navigate it as well. So thank you so much, Frederica, for coming on the show. Here's, Here's to, to your, your last first day. You are ready to get <laughs> Thanks, Mandy. Thank you, Frederica become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.